0: The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra.
1: Hello and welcome to The Lifestyle Show with me, Tara Lockery-Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra. This is the weekly show and podcast where we talk to some of the most inspiring people whose work, programs and interviews we feature on rte.ie forward slash lifestyle and also in the lifestyle section of the RTE News Now app. The areas that we focus on, living, parenting, finance, fitness, health food, fashion, travel, careers, motors, and much more. And many of those we feature here are household names. Many others should be and will no doubt be as they go about inspiring people in their day-to-day lives. Today,
0: we're talking to... Mum said no. She said, fashion, don't do it. It's a really tough life and I don't want to see you do the same thing that I had to do. I thought that she was being a bit of a hard ass at the time. I fought and fought and fought. But if I had a little girl looking to go into my role now, I know I would give her the exact same advice. I think she was just looking out for me. That is Emma Manley. As many fashionistas will know,
1: she is an Irish designer, quickly becoming a household name across the country. And she's here with me in studio. Emma, delighted to have you here. Thank you for having me. Not least of all, because I can drool over those fab clothes you're wearing. In particular... (laughs) that jacket but I'm going to get to that in a second <laughs> and many other things so Emma um, you know we always on, on Lifestyle we feature many many people as I just said there um, who, who we want to know how they did what they did and you make it look so easy to become not only a, a somebody who's making it Irish and in, in the Irish waters but also abroad in fashion and it looks like you you did it so quickly you're so young you look so fresh and it, you know in what is it five years time five years since you launched pushing six now oh yes. um, G- and look at what you've done so can we can we go back to this The you know go back a little bit to where it all started off and just sort of yeah, chart absolutely. that journey
0: um I think I I think my story is probably a little bit more unusual or perhaps kind of unique in the way that you know I, I grew up in a house where I had uh, two entrepreneurial parents who were both uh you know working for themselves one a fashion designer and one who was, um, you know, a solid entrepreneur. Um, my dad had, you know, he wore many masks through his life. Um, so I think our conversations at the dinner table were probably very different than most families. Wow. So, you know, the, the way they say, you know, you do learn from your parents. Yes, you may have their mannerisms, but really it was something that was just instilled in me from such a young age. What
1: kind of conversations? I,
0: I Like, it's it's so funny because I don't think that they're any different so if you're looking for something for me to say something that's really unusual mm. I'm like it's not unusual but just stuff like if there was any not that they would ever speak to us about tough times in businesses but my dad would come in and talk about the businesses that he was working with and you'd hear all these amazing stories about these startups because towards the end of his life that's where he ended up working with was actually going back to his roots and working with entrepreneurs so you just hear all these inspiring stories wow. where you're like that is incredible I can't believe somebody at that age took took, you know, the notion to go off and set this up themselves. So even though it was just part of regular conversation, there was obviously something that was going into my brain and inspiring me. Do you know what? The more I get to meet people like yourself and, and be inspired by you, there's a lot of grafters,
1: a mm-hmm. lot of hard workers. You know, the people say the harder I look, the, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Was it like that? Were your parents grafters? Oh, absolutely yeah, totally. Because I think when you have two parents that are both self-employed, you know, there was no case of there was the security from one parent having a regular income. God forbid anything would happen. We didn't have that. So it was always them working their high knees off wow. to, you know, make sure that we, you know, didn't need for anything. Um, so I think, again, that was, it was probably just something that was very much instilled. When you see that happening right in front of your eyes, then you go on and do it. But my, my mum would have been very, you know, insistent on us getting a job at a very young age. So if I wanted something, She'd say, well, how are you going to buy it? And I'd be like, oh, you know, any chance of spotting me, you know, whatever it was that you needed. And she'd say, no, you know, we we had a canteen in school. We were never allowed by lunch. We had to make our sandwiches. It's the lunch. little things that yeah. now I look back and I see the value in them. At the time, I honestly just thought she was being a bit of a hard ass. Yeah, but it's not the case. So I think it's it's kind of funny when when you do look back now and have appreciation and you kind of think, God, that's why they did all that. And now, you know, Obviously, in my case, I think that it's very much paid off. My two sisters are damn hard workers, mm-hmm. um, and they're both very successful in their own rights. So I think you know they did a, a bloody good well job. Well done, manly yeah. mum and dad. <laughs> exactly. What's their what are their first names? Uh, Sheila and David. Okay, go them.
1: And then fashion. Where was I? Mean you're obviously super stylish, cheek. If I'm allowed to
0: say. But where did you go? Yeah. Um, seeing all the brides coming in our home because my mum's studio is based in, in in our house. Yes. And, you know, the other kids would be out kicking a ball around the green and I'd be like, Mum, is there any chance I could stay in wow. and, you know, sit in on this fitting? And she'd always ask the brides and the brides would say, yeah, no I problem. mean, which bride?
1: I mean, I, for myself, even being there, I would have some little girl looking and going, wow. I mean, totally.
0: beaut- is it very special? It's a dream come true. And actually, now I see um, my, my little nieces are absolutely besotted with weddings and they're just so into it like to the point where my sister just keeps putting on repeat like her wedding video because this is all that they want to watch so I was just like them so I think it was very much from a young age that that's what I wanted to do and I think the thing was there was never this light bulb moment of I'm going to go do this in college it was just that there was never really anything else that got me more I wanted to be a special needs teacher for a long time um, but I just don't think I could have let go of the the full creative job. Well, what I thought was going to be a fully creative job. But I I don't think I could let it go. You have a brilliant personality.
1: You're very positive and upbeat. Great sense of humor. I'd say you would have been a great asset in in that area as well if you had gone into, if you had chosen special needs. But at the end of the day, this was your passion.
0: I think so yeah. yeah So
1: then you went from that In school growing up And then we well, Leave insert wise Just for people who are listening Who do and want to get into that Again honestly What was
0: How did that all work out um, Mum said no She said Fashion Don't do it um, It's It's just It's a really Really tough life And I don't want to see you Do the same thing That I had to do And again I thought that she was Been a bit of a hard ass At the time And I fought and fought and fought But if I had a little girl Looking to go into To my role now I know I would give her the exact same advice. So um, I think she was just looking out for me. Um, so we kind of came to an agreement that I would go off and do a foundation. And I presented her, you know, the college that I wanted to go to was the Eda, And I said, I want to do the foundation in fashion and textiles. And if I do well, would you consider it? And she said, OK, fine. Now, what she didn't realise at the time was my CAO had not actually been processed because I didn't put it through. I'd gone for the interview and I'd gotten accepted. Oh and I think I was just so... I knew what I wanted. And if anything, I felt like I rushed secondary school. I didn't, I didn't absorb as much as I should have. I didn't try hard enough because all I wanted was fashion and nobody understood that. And, you know, you weren't allowed to do very many kind of creative subjects. You had to do this and you had to do that. And I suppose I was being a bit of a rebel. I just was going against it, you know. Um,
1: Where, Where did you go to school?
0: I went to school in Coolmine Community School okay. in Blanchardstown, and they—they
1: they, probably the teachers listening and watching you afterwards were going, "We knew, we all knew what you wanted to oh do God, from I wish a I young could age." Apologise
0: to them all individually. <laughs> you I can was do a it now. Nightmare. <laughs> 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 I am sorry. <laughs> but, um, anyway, yeah, so your I,
1: foundation course. Yeah, yeah, I
0: went and I did it, um, and I actually won achiever of the year for the art department. Yay! Yeah, and I kind of at that point had said to you know mum like. What do you think? And she said, go for it. But then I faced the next hurdle and that was not being accepted into any art colleges um, in both the UK and Ireland. So it was, you know, the likes of NCAD, Limerick, all those guys. Um, they basically said I was too formed, um, which I understand what they were talking about. But when your only real art experience is through fashion or secondary school art you know, you can't really have a well rounded art experience, you know, because you're not doing things like sculpture and you're not doing fine art and all that kind of but stuff. So what
1: does that actually mean, too formed?
0: Um I I was probably too formed in terms of fashion. So I probably had too much fashion knowledge. Um I was just so directional that's what I wanted. I wanted fashion. I wasn't going to, you know, go for anything because you have to do a a courier. So you have to experience everything. And basically what they want is that they want people who are malleable that they can then turn into what they want. I know kids who've gone in to do fashion and they don't want fashion. They want, you know, Maybe it's graphic design or maybe it's furniture design. But they were told by the tutors that this is the place that you've been given because we feel that you'll excel in this role. Now, that's part of the system that I don't agree with. Um, I think it needs, you know, it needs to be reformed big time. Um, I don't think it's working right now. But that's what I faced. That was in close the, When I was in the either, Egypt, I... Yeah applying then to go on to actual art college oh in ncad NCAA, ncad oh my god right Society, okay any of those so okay. I to them all. okay um so thankfully i got headhunted for a role as a stylist for top um and that was awesome and it basically took up the next year of my life full time how did they find you um through a friend of a friend of a friend brilliant yeah Um, and that in itself then started an awful lot of friendships you know um, one of the girls on the team who I worked with ended up becoming um, a a beautiful store owner she now owns Scout and Temple Bar and she actually um, was the first store to stock Manly so having worked together in uh-huh. Topshop it's kind of funny how things come back around Do you, you know? know
1: what if you Topshop is such a cool storyline there are loads of other stores before somebody uh-huh. gets on to us I mean you, you can go all high streets and H&M's and other stories and all that right across the board but it, it you know lots of the stores including Topshop have a really cool edge and really cool you're something to be intimidated once you get back whatever age you are you can mm-hmm. be intimidated going yeah. in if somebody was too cool going in you are super cool the way you dress the way your designs are but having you as it would have been great I could imagine <laughs> <laughs> you must have loved that job did you?
0: Oh my god it was it was divine like literally you got to hang out with people all day long so you'd have your appointments and I actually ended up doing a lot of families because a mum would come in to me or a mum would send her daughter and then she'd say actually can I book in Yeah, with you? and it was really good fun yeah. it was um, I suppose one thing that I learned there as well was we had a lot of women with insecurities. Yeah, we had a lot of women every woman has insecurities. Big time. <laughs> and we had a lot of women post babies whose bodies had changed. I've been there, and sister. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, you're listening to these stories where they're like, this is not the body that I had before. I don't know how to dress it anymore. Yes, yeah, true. So what I loved about it was like, yeah, it was cool having, you know, the, you know, mid-twenties chick come in and wanting a dress for the Saturday night. But what I loved was dealing with people who they just left with a much more positive outlook on themselves and I think that clothes do transform people's you know mindsets and personalities and it's it's incredible what clothes can do and I loved being part of that
1: I love you saying that because now we've a little bit of an insight into your head as a designer so <laughs> yeah. and you know you're you might giving too much away and, and your <laughs> focus putting you know women at, at the center of that story and um, and obviously the so then from getting from the the stylist were you always designing your own clothes all this way up
0: Oh yeah, like I, you know the way kids used to Mitch off school and like I don't know go. No, don't know the what woods. you're talking about. <laughs> Never heard of it. I I used to go back home, and God bless my poor mum. She dropped me off at school, and I would do a Yui and I'd go back home and I'd sing the song. Not machine.
1: to be recommended is what not you're saying re- there.
0: Absolutely not to be recommended. But oh yeah, like. It was completely like I. While my mom made life-size dresses, I made dresses for Barbies. Wow. I also used to sew people cards. So obviously, you couldn't write in the inside of them, but I used to sew cards. Like anything I could sew, I would just sew. Please tell me you kept some of those. No, do you know? I actually think one of my friends, my childhood best friend Kira, I am pretty sure she said a while ago that she still has stuff of mine. I know. I must actually, and it's so funny because I only dropped off a bag of stuff to her last week for her little girl Marley Lynn. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God, wait, wait. So now her kids like, you know, totally got the fashion bug and yeah. No
1: way, when you say you dropped off clothes, what do you mean?
0: Just all of our offcuts, so pieces that we're not using anymore that I suppose she could turn into doll's clothes. Oh my God. So God bless, her mother had to watch me do it for many years. So, yeah, so <laughs> lovely, isn't her.
1: it? So you were, di- and then, so went from there, small Barbie clothes.
0: Yeah. Um, so I suppose education wise it was for me it was hard to get into the system but eventually I did Um, I ended up going to the Grafton Academy of Fashion which I didn't want to go to because my mom had gone there my mom had gone there everyone's mum had gone there (laughs) (laughs) on Grafton Street at the time not anymore you used to be yeah Yeah. exactly so um, yeah so I I went there for two years and I did my time and I it's a real old school kind of training and I kind of loved that I loved the idea that it was stripped clear of computers and you really learned your trade okay. um, and your craft. And I feel like what I can do now is limitless because of that. You can add all the fancy stuff in, but it's very hard to, to backtrack and, you know, go back to the whole pattern drafting thing once you've been taught how to be a designer. So did my time there and I just wanted to to get, I suppose, the hell away to experience what the fashion world was like. And so my couple of years of interning started. Um, so the first stop was New York um, it was working for a luxury sportswear label called VPL and it was really cool because it was started by a British girl and she was a stylist that saw a niche in the market for underwear as outerwear and when you consider, if no matter what magazine fashion magazine you open now it's so prevalent in fashion and it sounds kind of gross but it's not, yeah. It's it's the idea of like perhaps it's brass straps or crop tops or bralettes are
1: are in now not they? it's it's so
0: big right now so she teamed up with an investor and created this label so I got to go in to this really small studio very much at the start of you know its time which was really really cool so I got to see the small scale startup that was struggling and every penny counted and it was it was such a struggle you know we worked almost seven days a week Um, but I loved every second of it Um, so my next internship, I kind of wanted to go somewhere that was the real big fashion brand that everybody heard of because at least then you've something to contrast with your first experience. So I ended up working for uh Alexander McQueen. No, you didn't. Yes, I did.
1: What <gasps> was it when?
0: I actually worked um on the last two collections that Lee was alive for. I was about to ask yeah.
1: Oh my God, what was that like? What was he like? Yeah,
0: everyone always asks yeah. this do you know what it was a really big building at that point they'd been bought over by the Gucci group so there was a lot of money Um and we were told you know you don't look him in the eye and you absolutely stare clear and that's the way it was oh hilarious when he's in an elevator you don't get into it you just let him ride the elevator alone down to the ground floor or up to the top floor whichever way he was going and one day the elevator stopped and he was in it and I kind of went oh I'm just, I'm just going to get in it. Like, he's just a person. Yeah. And I, maybe, I, I don't know why I did it. And he very kindly, you know, said, um, are you going down to the ground floor? And I said, yes. And he said, how's your day going? Wow. And that was it. Like you went, I'm not allowed to talk. No, you just was, went for it. He was it, perfectly yeah. polite and nice. You know what? He was, He was, he's just another designer, though, though it would be a great one. He was just a designer under insane amounts of pressure. And I think that, any negative stories that people would have about him. And I, I'm not sure that the, there is all that many about him, but that's down to the pressure that he was put under. It's it's not down to him as wow. a person. He seemed he seemed really lovely. Wow. Yeah. And very, very, as you said, talented. How I'm did you get in there? Um I m- just moved over to London with a pal and I just started applying for internships and I got a call and I went in with my portfolio, which wasn't very strong because what I'm strong on is not the art school stuff because you know we weren't all about drawing or anything like that in the Grafton Academy it was all like here's my collection so I can do things but I can't necessarily I suppose show them off in in, in an overly creative way um, so I I was quite embarrassed about going in and just hoping that they would understand what I could do by showing them the collections that I'd made throughout college um, and they basically said yeah if you want to start tomorrow so that was fine so I, I went in it was uh, there was massive snowstorms in London and I was the only intern who arrived in. So, what on, year was that? Oh gosh. So, if we're two thousand and seventeen, it was probably uh, two thousand no, and ten. Fair jeez, you got in and they sure were impressed was. that you came in. Would you know day? who was who was looking after me? Because there was like there was one person on reception who wasn't a receptionist. It was just somebody who came in who had to man the fort. And I, I just said, oh, you know, it's my first day. And basically they got me confused with another girl whose first date was also but she never showed up and I had applied for the design team and she'd applied for the embellishment team and I got put in her place on the embellishment team so I was told go on upstairs somebody will come see you so this lady came in and said um, oh you know you must be and she mentioned the name and I said no my name's Emma and she said okay hi I'm Sarah I'm going to show you what needs to be done today. So I, I worked there for the day by myself. That was fine. But it was actually Sarah Burton who was <gasps> now at the helm of McQueen and she was the one who did my intro. Oh, And she my was gorgeous.
1: God, yeah. You did
0: the design the dress of Kate yeah.
1: Middleton. Indeed. Oh my God. Yeah. That is so cool. I know. That is so cool. Bonkers so look happen. at you. That is your graft getting in there no matter what. You probably would have crawled in, wouldn't you, if you had to?
0: Oh yeah. I walked. Yeah. Because to get the far. transport wasn't going.
1: Unbelievable. How far did you have to go?
0: Um, it was my first day and what I, I, I quickly discovered after that was that the walk shouldn't have been that bad. It should have only been about 45 minutes but it took me about the guts of maybe an hour and three quarters. Fair and, I went to around you. the world for sport.
1: And you still got there on time. Yeah, Unbelievable. So then Alexander McQueen for how long?
0: Uh, I was there for a year.
1: And you're a highlight of that one if height if you had to pick one. Do
0: you, uh, I don't... Aside from obviously meeting Do you know, there was the a man. number of things... That, The the fact that I was wrongly put in an embellishment team because embellishment is so at the core of Manly right now. So I don't think without that experience, Manly would be what it is today. But another real kind of high was when we were making the dress for Salma Hayek for the day after her wedding. Um, And there was a team of us chosen for it. And there was six of us and we worked night and day. And it was, it just, it was a little bit surreal because when you're in that bubble, it doesn't seem all that weird because, you know, things are just happening all around you and it's fine. Like when we consider the fact that, At that point, Kate Middleton's dress was probably being designed in there and she was probably being snuck in or out or whatever way it was, you know. So there was always excitement. But the fact that I can now look at that and say, you know what, I did that. Yay. You know, it kind of, it feels good. I really admire
1: Selma Hayek as well as as, 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 an independent woman who's done some, it sounds like some really exciting projects. Yeah. And she's she's a a a businesswoman as well, isn't
0: she? She is indeed.
1: So did you get to meet her?
0: No, but I met um, I met the bust of her, so I they have they have a mannequin that's done exactly to her proportions because wow. they used to do a lot for her. Oh, um, Yeah Yes, so it was literally like touching Salma Hayek. Is she? Body. She's curvy and tiny.
1: Oh yeah. Oh my, same as my, us, basically. Um, <laughs> so 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 then Alexander McQueen next.
0: Um. So while I was unconscious
1: of time, I have so much to ask you. It's yeah. really
0: okay. Yeah. Firehead. Um. I worked as I managed a bar and restaurant in the evenings in order to, you know, make make, make some money. Um, and it, it just the, the balance just got too tough. Um, it's London living, you know, you had to make your rent. So after the year, I, I decided to hand in my notice and I went working full time in the bar and restaurant and I ordered a, a roll of pattern drafting paper. And in the evenings, I'd go home or at the weekends, whatever it was, and I would just start creating something. Um, and very quickly, there was a collection.
1: And that was the beginning of, of of almost six years ago of Manly.
0: Yeah, I I sat in it for a while. I sat in it for a long time. Um, and then, I my actually my my eldest sister got pregnant. Um, and I think I I felt that quite strongly. We're a very very close <laughs> family, and I was I raging that I was missing out in all the action. So when she had um you know the beautiful Emily. I very quickly hopped on a plane and and moved everything home. I had spoken to her about it anyway and I had said, what do you think? Is this something I should do and should I give it a bash? And she said, yeah, you know, you've got all the supports here. And I wanted to do it at home with my family and my friends around me and the support system there. I didn't want to do it in London and I wanted to be that Irish designer and be proud of being an Irish designer working from Ireland.
1: Which is thankfully very much what you did and are doing. Yes.
0: So you came home, you launched initially from... The house from the Manly from your yeah, mum's. My mum studio. studio and the family home. Yeah. I was there for oh gosh. I must have been there for three years actually. Um and then I moved into the Guinness Enterprise Center, where that was kind of like our first home outside of the family home and it all felt very grown up. Um so yeah, it was it was great. Uh,
1: how did you get the eyes on the prize as it were? How did you get the with media attention? How does that even happen? I don't know how that works. Honestly, I it's a press still, release and I'm
0: still slightly unsure because I'd never Seen a press release, never mind written one myself.
1: I mean, sorry, so I know how it works and naturally from the from the yeah, media but end, but from yeah. your end,
0: but I didn't know because I had to be everybody. So I wasn't just designing. I didn't have money to get a PR person. I didn't have any of that. So I was doing everything. So the whole press release thing started, and I realized I just I was so insecure about sending out something that wasn't perfect. And
1: we're Irish; it's hard talking about yourself. I isn't know it?
0: exactly. So I honestly think that I'd made a lot of connections in my Topshop days. Um, and I think it was about, I suppose, not not like just utilising them, getting in touch with people and saying, hey, this is what's going on. And then also bef- while I was in college, I was selling at a stall in Cowes Lane Market. So again, wow, you know, I the, wish I, I
1: came across your stuff then. That was yeah, so cool. It was very
0: different to Manly now, though, yeah. to be fair, you <laughs> okay. know, it was long before the embellishment days. But I think then I probably met a lot of journos on my journey, you know, in cows Lane, then going on to the loft market I'd met a lot of people and I suppose maybe I always make efforts to keep in touch with people Um, so it all just it, it happened and I say this all the time and my sister's always like this is such a lie but I always felt like it happened really organically and really naturally but it's not that I didn't put it's not that I didn't have to put a graft in like things fell into place but it's because I I suppose I made them happen yeah if yeah so it it, it kind of it just it happened and You get one little win where you've, you know, somebody who puts something in an article and then all of a sudden you get this call to do a radio program or to do a TV program or whatever it might be.
1: It goes from there.
0: Yeah. And there was all these little things that happened along the way, like when I started doing a bit of TV and when I was judging a competition for Oasis. So, you know, we'd a slot um, every Friday morning on on a TV program where we would basically do these competitions with, uh, you know, fashion students and art students. So that was, you know, something that then led on to other things and things just happen. There's always something happening. So something. Yeah.
1: How would you describe your style to, for anyone who has not yet to come across it?
0: The manly style yeah. or my personal style? You're manly. I think, you know, don't get fooled by the name Manly. Um, it is, we're quite feminine. Um, and I think what Manly aims to do is to have a trans season wardrobe that is, it provides you with all your staples and all your way pieces all at once. And that. it should be everything that mixes and matches in together Um, because I, I really believe in having a wardrobe that works for you. So though we do these uber cool, you know, leather embellished full length gowns, we also do really cool leather t-shirts that are super simple that you chuck on with your skinny jeans. It's, I suppose it's the edgy girls go-to brand. How do you wash a leather t-shirt?
1: <laughs> Sorry, there's the mammy and me going no, out. Nobody asks this.
0: You know, by law, you have to put specialist dry clean only on, on garment labels. But I always say to people, you got to treat the leather like the skin in your face because that's essentially what it, it's skin. Um, so I turn them inside out and I air them on a line that is not uh, in direct sunlight. And airing does the world of good. And with leather... You know, you're able to take um, the likes of a water based uh, baby wipe and use it to try and lift off any stains. Now, I've never had somebody. Bar myself, um, I've, I've actually never experienced anybody coming to me saying, I've spilled a glass of red wine all over me. You know, in that case, yeah, get a specialist dry cleaned, but you really shouldn't have to.
1: OK, great. Tip. Now, um, I'm looking at you wearing this stunning, I'm just going to describe to everybody probably badly, but it's best I can. Um, navy leather jacket. No, sorry, navy jacket or is it black? it's navy navy with this am st- i you describe
0: would
1: also it go coat it is Is it a coat if how far how long is
0: it specific well it's below the bum yeah go on yeah describe it it is i want it i suppose it's a cashmere and wool mix coat that has big chunky leather cuffs and a big chunky leather hem that is um that has its hand cut with a scallop edge and, and stunning its buttons down the front.
1: stunning is Thank that you. from the autumn winter collection autumn, winter 16 i am in love with your jacket and your you. coat, should I say? I can't stop staring at it. And the shine <laughs> off the, the, the leather on the cuffs is just absolutely stunning and so it's so buttery soft looking. Spring summer, where are we headed? What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, really excited for spring summer. Um we're launching a wee bit later this season, um, and we have a reason for doing this. We're very much moving towards the see now, buy now model. Um I'm very interested at the moment in, you know, kind of new technologies that are coming around within fashion. And what I'm really interested in is is making making beautiful collections that when people see them they can buy them then rather than this idea of putting out campaign images six months before people can actually buy them great and um, i'm also you know very increasingly becoming involved and i suppose concerned with what fast fashion is doing to our people in our world um and i know that's easy to say for somebody like me because i have access to beautiful clothes and You know, I I, I don't have to go shopping other than for sports gear, underwear and shoes and that's it. But, um, you know, it it concerns me what's going on in the world and the lack of responsibility that people are taking. So for me, the moving towards the see now, buy now model gives the likes of the high streets less of an opportunity to look at what, you know, true designers are designing and gives them less time to copy. Because essentially, when you see our collection, it will be in season and you'll be able to purchase it right then and there.
1: Wow. And where?
0: Uh, well so we have a number of stockists. Um Arnett's department store will be our largest stockist in Ireland. Um, but you can also find us on manly.ie and then we also have a list of stockists there but you know we have stockists uh, Serendipity in Kilkenny and many others around Ireland so Do
1: you know what's amazing in the time the short amount of time we've had you and thanks so much again for coming in anybody listening who one wants to be become a fashion designer despite all the obstacles has a path if they want to know how to launch it how to work hard and what to do you've travelled you've taken us around the globe and um, from Ireland to the UK and America and back again And then also to still be so young and have so much more. The ultimate goal before you go.
0: Oh my! Um, we have a lot of exciting projects coming up. You know, um, we launched Manly Bride um, only in late two thousand and sixteen. Right. Oh my
1: God! You're getting married! Oh, Jesus!
0: Yes. I'm not allowed to go. What yeah. is wrong with so, me? Your dress. Yes. Yeah, so um, I think you know Avian Gara. He was our first bride, and what and a beautiful bride Stunning. to, to launch with. To
1: oh, be you fair. dressed her so. She is beautiful, I and mean, she, she is. looked oh, she's beautiful flawless. in your gown. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So I think you know we're kind of. We're working on a lot of projects at the moment and I suppose my idea for Manly from the get-go was never to have a women's wear brand. It was to have a brand that had a suite of products. You know, we've introduced Manly jewellery, Manly Bags, now Manly Bride. There is more to come. We hope to dress you from head to toe very soon. Okay. Um, and I, I think the ultimate goal is is to be and to have um that beautiful online store that people can go to and browse so easily and see everything that we have and be able to shop at their leisure that and would for suit us me. to be delivering us the very next day um, and not just to Ireland but worldwide
1: I am so excited for that day I really am I love the (laughs) idea of being able to do that I think I was giggling like a teenager there as if you were designing a full from head to toe just for me (laughs) 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 Emma it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much continued success and please do come back into us and talk to us very soon again
0: thank you so much for having me
1: it's it from me Tara Lockery Grant and the Lifestyle Show for this week on RTE Radio 1 Extra the show is produced by Ola McGowan and you can listen back to our other Lifestyle Show podcasts on rte.ae forward slash lifestyle you can follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and email us at rtlifestyle at rte.ae plus you can tweet me on at Tara LG that's Tara with the G H. goodbye for now and if there's anything that you'd like to hear featured on the show you know where to find us
0: The Lifestyle Show with Tara Lockery Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra.